Hello, I'm Erin Del Conte, Executive Editor with C-Store Decisions Magazine, and you're listening to C-Store Talks, where we talk everything convenience. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hunt Brothers Pizza represents a legacy of pizza in the convenience store industry. We are able to offer the best pizza value in town at over 7,800 locations across 30 states, ensuring you're never far from one of our store partners, whether at home or on the road. Today I'm here with Seth Bridges, the founder and head of product for Rival IQ. Seth, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Erin. It's really nice to be here with you today. Well, we're excited to have you. Uh, for those listening, Rival IQ powered C-Store Decisions social media awards for the second year running. So they took a look at what convenience store chains uh, across about 70 different chains are doing well across social media. And we're going to be chatting today about which convenience store chains stood out for their social media performance over the last year. But first, to kick us off, Seth, can you tell us a bit about Rival IQ? Yeah, absolutely. We are a social media analytics software company in, in Seattle, Washington, and we help brands measure their social media engagement and benchmark that performance against their competition and their broader industry. And I should add that we were also recently acquired by NetBase Quid, who is a, a global leader in consumer and market intelligence, as well as a, sort of one of the most well-known brands in social listening. So I'm excited. My entire team is really excited about how we're going to get to work together with NetBase Squid and really help, our, I think, our customers better understand their, their brand perception and their social performance uh, across the board. So, yeah, that's a little bit about us. Excellent. Thanks for sharing the news about the acquisition. That's uh, exciting news ahead for, for the new year. Um, so as we look at the social media awards and we jump into these, can you start by telling us a bit about the methodology that went into this year's awards. So for example, you know, what criteria did you look at when you were determining the winners? Yeah, so as you mentioned, we, we looked at over 70 different convenience store chains on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we looked at some TikTok too, we'll get into that later. But we, <laughs> using those three uh, major set of accounts, to try to determine who was really standing out when it came to engagement. So what we did is we examined each one of those channels individually, weighting scores for engagement and engagement rate. So that's how much engagement do they get relative to how big is their audience and put all that together to get both our final rankings on each individual channel and then blending those channel scores to come up with our overall winners. Wonderful. So before we get into who won in our social media awards, can you talk, Seth, about some of the overall trends that you're seeing with social media today? Yeah, let's, uh, we'll, talk, we'll talk briefly about a, a few things. I think one of the big conversations that I know is happening around social media with some of our older platforms like Facebook and, and Instagram is a, is a conversation among social media marketers about the push to paid on some of these platforms. So organic reach kind of uh, really has pretty much dwindled on Facebook at this point, um, except for sort of a, a few conditions that we'll get into at some point later. Instagram, we're seeing that trend sort of continue there as well. And I think brands are, are 
really waking up to the fact that unless you are just completely outstanding at your organic social media on some of these channels, um, you're going to need to spend spend some dollars to reach your your core audience, which you can either be frustrated by that or <laughs> embrace it and uh, embrace the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, continue to be successful. Um, other things that I think are happening, short video has really increased in popularity. I think due to the explosion in TikTok usage. I think I saw recently TikTok has now over a billion monthly active users. And I don't know about you, Aaron, but I, uh, I spend maybe an embarrassing amount of time uh, on TikTok. And so uh, I, I am counted in that, in that 1 billion. I'm in the daily active user category. So that's, uh, that's good for them. Um, other things that I think I, I, I'm seeing out there Influencer marketing just continues to grow. There was some really good research published by HubSpot talking about uh, the dramatic increases in influencer marketing, particularly on social media since 2016, and that dedicated budgets now, dedicated teams even, at brands in certain industries that are there to do nothing more than manage relationships with influencers and campaigns focused on those influencers. And then finally, you'd think that we were all kind of having reached full maturation in terms of the team structures within brands that's required to maintain investments in social media. But I think we are gonna continue to see more and more brands realize uh, in 2022 that social media is not the intern's job. It is a real profession. It takes real skills, platform awareness, uh, analytical capabilities, content creation, and brands really have to invest at making, uh, making a big impact using these platforms if they want to see results. So those are just a, a handful of things I'm seeing. And that the last one you mentioned, that is a, a big shift that we've seen since the start of the social media awards. This is, uh, we're heading into our 10th consecutive year looking at, at social media and, you know, in the beginning, it was just, you know, have the intern do this. And so it's really interesting to see just how far it's come. Yeah, I think the development of the algorithms on every single channel, right? 10 years ago, this was like strictly chronological feed. Your, your strategy was post as much as you can. So you're on the top when your users open the app. And that's been dead on every platform for now many, many, many years. Things continue to get more sophisticated. We're seeing... Uh, shopping and commerce happening, you know, directly in some platforms now. And yes, it's different than it used to be, but there's still a ton of opportunity for those marketers who know how to use the platforms. Great. Well, let's drill down a little bit to each platform individually if we can. Now, you, you mentioned a bit about Facebook and Instagram, uh, a big trend on both of those platforms being, you know, the push to paid. Um, but can we talk about what else you're seeing? Let's start with Facebook. Um, what's happening with Facebook right now? I, it's my understanding that that is mostly kind of baby boomers, Gen X, and most of the younger generations are skewing Instagram, TikTok. What are, what are you seeing? Yeah, I think if you were to talk to some of our customers in industries like higher education, which is a, a very interesting market because marketers there have many different audiences to reach, right? They have students who tend to be younger. They have donors who tend to be older. If you ask any one of them, sort of where do you put your advancement content? Where do you put your, you know, when you're asking for donations, they're like, oh yeah, Facebook. So yes, to confirm your assertion that, that demographically, um, I think we're going to be looking at skewing older on Facebook. That's true. But, but that said, I think Facebook groups. So the, the kind of explosion, I don't know if explosion is the right word, but 
private social media, right? Like we think about Facebook as generally having been private social media, right? You have followers, the content that you publish is only there for your followers and it's not there for the world. That, in stark contrast to say Twitter, right? Where everything mm -hmm. is mostly happening in the public. Very, very few people have private Twitters, right? But then there's Facebook groups and a lot a lot of groups and a lot of communities have built up really tremendous uh, community engagement programs within Facebook groups. I think we see that in messenger groups, in WeChats, family chats, industry related groups, local trade groups. Like there's so many ways that I think a lot of conversation is happening in a very social media like fashion, but in private, it's hard for brands to want to tap into that unless they're building their own groups or communities. But I think there's certainly continued opportunity there. But of course, Facebook's not going to just lay down and like go away, right? And so you're, you're seeing ever more injection of popular features from other platforms like Instagram being funneled into Facebook. So probably everyone at this point has seen Reels, particularly. Uh, that short video, as I, as I mentioned, uh, you know, from TikTok is now Instagram has Reels. And now you're finding that you're seeing Instagram Reels being pushed into your Facebook feed. They absolutely want to compete there. And so Facebook's going to use every bit of surface area that they can to try and kind of make up ground. Cool. What you mentioned Instagram. So let's go there next. What is happening on Instagram today? I know I spend a lot of time on Instagram and I see a lot of TikTok videos on Instagram today. Yeah. Instagram continues to evolve the the different surfaces that they have. You know, Reels has now been out for almost two years, I guess, at this point. Stories, which was kind of the new thing, right, has now been out for many, many years. We're seeing uh, reach on stories decline quite a bit. It was never nearly as popular among users as the feed was. When we, when we analyzed for brands, sort of how are they doing reaching their, reaching their audience on the feed, versus stories, the numbers were always four or five, six X higher on the feed than stories. That continues to be true and both are declining. But I've also seen research that indicates brands are thinking about actually publishing less to this sort of ephemeral content like, like stories. And so I think that poses a challenge to Instagram from a, what are they gonna do with that? IGTV is another place that we've seen where you were able to do long form videos now Instagram is starting to merge everything in the feed to just one longer format video. I think it'll be really curious for, for everyone to watch and see what they do between reels, video posts, and IGTV. How do they blend all that maybe into one seamless thing? Yep, you're totally seeing lots of TikTok reposts. I know you <laughs> I know you mentioned that as well. And I, you know, that that is a thing. I you, you hear a lot of anecdotes about people. Um, sharing whether or not, you know, Instagram is trying to detect whether or not you're just reposting TikTok content, looking for watermarks, et cetera, and maybe not giving the same boosts uh, in reach to that kind of content. So uh, we'll, we'll learn more as, as sort of history unfolds. But I think the fact that you can build out so many different post types now in Instagram, you can build these curations uh, among your stories, you can build kind of curated storybooks of your of your posts as well. There's integrated shopping, right? Product posts as well as you can, you can kind of tag and, and view uh, purchase information for things that are featured in posts. Um, I follow a lot of jewelry brands and I'm just seeing this, like every post 
of course, is leveraging this for those, those marketers who know what they're doing. So um, Instagram is definitely innovating, trying on lots of different hats in terms of how they can make an impact for commerce uh, through social media. And I, th I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for brands there as well. And as far as the opportunity, would you say that there's a certain demographic like age-wise that's on Instagram or is kind of everybody there now? I, I don't know that everybody's there. I think slowly, but sh well, we're all just getting older, right? You, you, <laughs> you dated us earlier, but I mean, I, I, I think that, yes, the, the, age, uh, the age demographics are skewing a little bit up uh, on Instagram as well. I think too, you've got platforms like Snap, which are showing, showing a bit of resurgence. Um, obviously lots of folks spending, spending time on TikTok, but just like YouTube has incredible popularity, right? We don't necessarily think about, um, YouTube as pure social media, right? It's like evergreen content. There's community as a part of YouTube. There's, uh, certainly subscription and channels and comments and places where you can be engaging, but it doesn't necessarily, uh, get consumed in that feed like manner in that strong, strong way that say a TikTok would. Um, and so from a creation perspective, uh, I think the Instagram creation side is definitely still skewing younger, more and more older folks, I think are trying to participate in the platform from a viewing perspective, though, not necessarily uh, being as active on, on publishing. So yeah, that, that split may be true in all platforms, but I, I believe that Instagram is, you know, evolving from a, from a demographic perspective as well. Okay. And what about Twitter? What about Twitter? You know, we study the performance for brands across all three of these channels every year. And though Twitter has always been one of those platforms that where the engagement doesn't necessarily look strong in absolute terms, measuring engagement rates, um, I think a lot of that has to do with how people built Twitter following. So there's a lot of like, follow me, I'll follow you back kind of situation going. But the volume of content on Twitter is so much higher than every other platform that the interesting thing for me is that over the years, we've seen a bit of decline in Facebook engagement rates and Instagram engagement rates continue to decline. Twitter has always been pretty stable. The numbers aren't, aren't big, but for your niche, for your folks, for your audience that are on Twitter, they're there, they're engaging the way the platform works, like the public nature, the way Twitter has continued to evolve features, like how their quote tweet UX works. I think I'm seeing so much there in the, in the platform, even in studying brands and some of the stuff we'll get into later where like quote tweeting other people's content to make your quip or your reply, as opposed to getting into the replies really has changed how I think a lot of brands use Twitter uh, and create conversation potentially with other brands or other users in a way that helps them make their own primary content as opposed to just being else in someone else's conversation. So we also now we've seen a CEO change uh, at Twitter. I know they're making sort of big predictions about increasing their ad revenue in the upcoming years. I don't, I don't think a lot about Twitter ads these days. I mean, we all see them there, but I'm certainly going to have my eye on Twitter from a what's going to happen in the post Jack Dorsey world uh, where, where they're making stronger predictions about ad revenue growth and what will that do to the platform? So would you say that for a convenience store retailer, is it important to be on all three of these platforms today or that depend on your business? We always tell people like you should be where your audience is, but if social media's job is to 
find one of a few ways that you can actually create a connection with the user. You're building community, you're entertaining, you're informing. And if you're not doing one of those things, then you know, why, why are you doing this? I mean, maybe customer support, right? Like, so should everyone have them at least from a customer support perspective? Pr probably, but you have to be staffed and, you know, have the right tech, tech and tools to be able to do that. But I think these days it's, it's kind of hard to imagine you wouldn't be on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitter, um, to, to be quite honest. What about TikTok? Do retailers need to be looking at TikTok as we head into uh, 2022? Look, TikTok is there to entertain. I mean, also, there's a lot of good informational content. There are a lot of good tutorials on anything you want to do. And those things can certainly be done. But I've looked at a lot of social media in my life. And in, in just getting ready to talk to you and working on this report, I've looked at a lot of uh, social media about, about convenience to retailers. And I will tell you that entertain, entertain is the name of the game here. And so if you think about the most successful brands um, that we'll, we'll get into in a little bit here, all of them are finding a way to provide a bright spark into someone's day. Every one of these platforms, or excuse me, every one of these retailers has fans who are on Twitter, who are on Facebook, who are on Instagram, and who are also on TikTok. And I think TikTok's a special platform to manage, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but there's a lot of opportunity there for brands who are willing to commit the creator time, budget, management, et cetera. And not many folks are there yet because I think a lot of people don't, don't necessarily know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. And before we move into the awards, last question, are there any other emerging platforms that retailers should have on their radar as we move into the new year? Yes, TikTok. Like mm -hmm. I can tell you, and this goes much beyond, you know, convenience store retailing. Most brands still aren't on TikTok, right? Most brands still don't necessarily have that strategy nailed, whether from an influencer perspective or from an owned channel perspective. I have heard folks talking about their strategies. I was, I was at a conference and, and heard the social media team from, I think it was John Deere speaking. And at the time, now this is, this is a little bit ago, the, the director of social said something like, we're not making any content there, but we are very actively listening to the conversation. We are getting millions and tens of millions of impressions around our branded hashtags because there are a lot of creators making content about farming, farm life, Midwest culture, whatever, and absolutely showcasing the John Deere products, their affinities, whether it's merch, whether it's uh, the actual equipment itself. And so that's smart, right? Like you, your brand might be on TikTok even if you're not making the content and you're never going to stop that, but can you help amplify it? Can you help participate in it, participate in the conversation? Um, absolutely. So TikTok, I think is still a place for to be, but also Instagram again, continues to evolve in terms of surface area and products. Twitter, even this year was the year of social audio, right? Like the clubhouses, Twitter spaces, et cetera. Now Twitter's rolling out you know, uh, Twitter blue, they're paid, you know, their premium service. Uh, I'm not a su super huge social audio fan. I tried. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back and try again, but like for me, it's too, it takes too much focus. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, but regardless, there are so many different surface areas that are going to keep getting experimented with. And it may be because something like a clubhouse pops up and then other more established platforms say, oh, we have, me too. I have to figure out a way to do that. And then they jump in and try it out. And maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't stick, but 
if I'm a convenience store retailer, the thing I'm really thinking about in 2022 is should I be on TikTok and can I find a way to be successful given my brand, given our budget, given our, our goals to find uh, a way to create a community and, and uh, a bit of a presence there on TikTok. Great, great advice. Well, without further ado, let's move into talking about our award winners. So just to remind our listeners, when doing the awards, uh, Rival IQ looked at about 70 convenience store chains across uh, Twitter, across Instagram, across Facebook. And so the overall winner, first place, was Quick Trip. And that was followed by our second place overall winner, Dailies. Now, Quick Trip... Seth was also our overall winner last year. And when we spoke uh, at this time last year, one of the things that I remember you pointed out was that Quick Trip's interplay with other brands was really helping to elevate their engagement. So can you talk about what Quick Trip did well this year? And, and did it have, uh, was it a continuation of some of what they were doing last year, perhaps? Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's funny that you should mention that, uh, Aaron, because <laughs> if, if you go and look at uh, the, so the report period that we studied, by the way, was sort of last November, so late, you know, November 2020, all the way through uh, October. So the 12, 12 months ending in October of this year. And their top posts, whether it was on Twitter, on Facebook, um, they, they were basically picking battles with <laughs> or responding to other posts. Which is so entertaining for customers to watch, I would imagine. <laughs> yes. So, you know, they were, they, were, they were getting in there with Casey's, they were getting in there with quick trip with a Q, uh, you know, there's absolutely, uh, and some of those were in response to some poking from some of these other brands, et cetera. So yes, absolutely sort of the beef, the beef posts with other retailers um, was, a, was a huge part of what they were doing last year. They have continued to go with what works uh, and entertain the folks. There's a real, I'm not from the Midwest. I probably said this to you last year. I'm not from the Midwest. I've hardly been to the Midwest. I don't have good perspective here, but wow, is there a lot of passion for like the individuality of the various states and the particular retailers associated with those states. So um, that really shines through. We should clarify that uh, for our listeners that this is Quick Trip with a K and a T in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Midwestern company. That's right. Not, not, uh, and quick, quick star in Iowa, I guess, mm-hmm. to not, to not, to not get confused. Um, so yes, absolutely. But here's the thing of their 20 top Facebook posts for the year, you know, and I talked about like reach declining, et cetera, as a, a general rule on Facebook, like not if, not if you're killing it all the time and quick trip, uh, absolutely just doing a phenomenal job, tons of engagement, um, people really in the comments loving what they're doing again, whether it's sort of beefing with other convenience stores, whether it's blowing up all the other uh, Midwestern retailers or food Culver's, for example, like any post that has to talks about Culver's uh, is going to probably do well. But I went through post by post, six of their top 20 Facebook posts are poking at some other Midwestern uh, convenience store. And then there's the Midwest jokes. jokes about the Midwest, how people talk, that, you know, the mentality, whatever. Seven of their top 20 posts is something having to do with with Midwest jokes. Now, I think they did 12 or 13, like, that were there very, like, on the nose with it. And, you know, most of those are in their top 20 posts. They did 300 some odd posts. Know your audience. The Midwest community um, really is clearly, clearly amped up by that. And, you know, we actually, last year, we got a chance to talk to... um, to David Jackson at Quick Trip, he's the, the digital marketing and loyalty manager, and ask him a little bit of like, 
tell us more about this. And, and what he told us last year was our fans are, are way more creative and funny than we are. So like, we're just trying to find ways to amplify, amplify their voices. And I think they've continued to do that. Um, they've continued to do that this year. Wonderful. And so Quick Trip is our overall winner, but obviously to become that overall winner, they also did a phenomenal job across the individual platforms. So they were our top winner uh, for the Instagram category, and they were in second place on both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, so can you talk a bit more about what they did well on these individual platforms? Um, let's talk about Instagram. What are they doing especially well there? So Quick Trip is actually employing a lot of these same strategies in terms of like creating humorous content on social and then sharing that out. The, the Midwest jokes, the, the almost the exact same content. But I think what's what's interesting here is they also did quite a number of giveaways, which which tended it seemed to do better for them on Instagram. You know, outperformed some of their like comedy and humor content, whereas on on Facebook that was not necessarily true at all. And in fact, uh, their top posts on Instagram during the study was one of these giveaway giveaway posts. But it I mean, but it barely edged out the like humor posts. So it was, it was sort of neck and neck. Um, the thing too that they're doing that I think is just absolutely fascinating is they're interacting with other people on Twitter, whether that's brands or whether that is um, other, other just users, whether they're quote tweeting, I'm replying to them, but typically quote tweeting, when those blow up, when those tweets go really well, screenshots of those tweets then become content for their other platforms. So it's almost like they're using that as the, the high, high speed test ground. And then when something pops, they go, yep, we got one. Let's bring it to Facebook. Let's bring it to Instagram. But they're being smart. They're not just copy and pasting it. Like the formatting looks like Instagram. Like they get the right, the right borders. They got the right spacing, the font size. They're adjusting the font size on Facebook. They're doing a different crop that works better on that platform. So they're being really smart, both in terms of their strategy and how they're thinking about moving content between platforms, but also in the actual execution of down to the details of like, what should this look like for our Instagram and on Instagram generally? So yeah, across the different channels, the, the humor comes through, but the execution is, is really top-notch. They're doing, they're doing just a fantastic job. Excellent. And then, of course, we mentioned a little bit ago that Dailies uh, was our second place overall winner. So tell me a bit about what stood out for Dailies across these platforms in 2021. Yeah, you know, Dailies is a, it's funny because they're a much smaller um, presence on social media than some of these other larger, like than a quick trip, for example. Um, but it doesn't mean that their audiences aren't necessarily um, engaged. Daily's big secret to success in driving their, their overall engagement for this report study all ties back to their biggest campaign on social, which is their 12 days of giveaways campaign that they executed across Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. So simultaneously, across channel blitz 12 days of giveaways their december was huge was i mean just phenomenal and when i if i if i imagine in your mind the graph right the huge spike that dailies has um in december is a total result of a very well run uh campaign around giveaways now that's not to say that they don't have above average engagement on their on their platforms throughout the year as well but a lot of that comes i think from smart execution of peppering in other giveaways throughout the year. Giveaways are a great way to get a pop uh, on social media. And if it's all you ever did, it would get maybe 
kind of boring, though people like free stuff, but doing <laughs> them periodically and leveraging the fact that you're consistently getting a bump, I think is a very helpful technique in terms of maintaining audience engagement for your other content that's not, um, that's not necessarily a giveaway. If you throw out the contests and the big campaigns, they still are doing well with two particular classes of content across all their channels, um, user-generated content. So resharing photos or funny things or memes where they've been tagged by, by their own customers. And, and they do a nice job of tagging people back um, and, and you know, acknowledging the contribution. And also uh, product specials, right? If they've got a food special, new product launch, um, a, lot of, a lot in the food space, uh, you're definitely going to see a good amount of conversation about those things as well. Great. So Seth, we talked about our overall winner being Quick Trip across all three platforms and our second place overall winner being Dailies uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and then Quick Trip being our first place winner on Instagram. So I'd like to go back to Instagram for a minute because I want to make sure we cover that Bucky's was our runner up or our second place winner on Instagram. And they did a really strong job on the platform this year. Uh, so can you fill us in on some of what they did particularly well in 2021? Bucky's did do great during this period on Instagram, you know, despite not posting much. In fact, they only post about three times a month or so. Bucky's really put up big numbers for Instagram this year. They were number six overall for total engagement, which is, it's particularly impressive given, frankly, uh, how, how infrequent they post. Also amazingly, during this report period, they almost doubled their following going from about 55,000 followers last year to over 102,000 followers this year, and they've continued to grow since. On a percentage basis, no other brand grew on Instagram more this year from this study. If we look at their content, Bucky's content strategy on Instagram, it was it was pretty straightforward. Feature the fun and unique photos of their loyal fans on their Instagram. Did you know over time, almost 118,000 photos featuring the hashtag Bucky's have been shared and fans are always looking for their shot to get featured on the Bucky's profile. The social team at Bucky's they do a nice job of giving credit to the original creators too and the captions from the social media team are always clever and always concise. A couple of the top posts for Bucky's in the report actually feature a few of their new locations, two in, in Georgia and also in Florida. And that's an expansion of their original Texas roots. If you read some of the comments, there's certainly excitement from folks who live in these spots who clearly are from Texas and they're very excited. There's a few folks who are like, ah, stay in Texas, but you know, people are always going to have an opinion and uh, often we get to see those come out on social media. And then finally, I'll say Bucky's gear, shirts, Christmas jammies, even dog apparel also feature pretty prominently among their best performing posts. So for all those Bucky's fans out there, make sure you're showing up in your Bucky's best if you want a shot to get featured on their profile. Excellent advice. And I'm going to need to get some uh, Bucky's Christmas jammies now that I know that those exist. So um, again, congratulations to Bucky's, our runner-up in the Instagram category. And then if we move over to Facebook, uh, so on Facebook, 
our first place winner was Fave Trip. Now, I know that Fave Trip does a lot with videos. Um, they, they show videos of, of shoplifters to discourage theft. Um, they have their Sunday Fun Day videos, which are, are fun to see the different products and what's going on that week in the various store. Um, I know those have both been a big hit with their social media fans. Talk to me more about what Fave Trip has done well this year. Yeah, I mean, you did my, you kind of did my job from that one, <laughs> a little bit. Um, their, their Facebook page posted over 800 posts in the last year. That's like 16 times a week, which that's a lot of Facebook posting. Most, most brands do not post so much. But the, the key to their magic was they posted 120 videos over the year. And about 70 of them were those sort of shoplifting videos that you, you referenced. And, and they were done in collaboration with the YouTube channel Gas Station Encounters, who like these videos wouldn't be interesting if it weren't for the voiceovers, right? And the voiceovers are what makes them, uh, what makes them be funny. Now, I went, I went back and I, I went and actually broke down how many views, like what viewership are we talking about on these videos? And the numbers are impressive. So of those 120 videos, again, about 70 are these, these sort of shoplifting, uh, you know, comedy videos and the rest are some of these Sunday fun day and other things you're talking about. The ones driving the views, the 20.5 million views of their videos last year were, were the gas station encounter collab videos. 20.5 million. That is impressive. That is really, really impressive. The voiceovers are funny. Um, and yeah, they know it works. And wow, oh wow, does it absolutely just tons and tons and tons of reach um, because of what they're doing with those, with those videos and that, and that collaboration. So, you know, if you had to pick one thing, that's what's happening with Fave Trip. Now, they still did 800 posts. So of their non-video content, we're back to entertaining. There's like humorous, humorous photos, probably of things that are happening around some of their stores, memes. Those, those are your top performers if you had to round out the rest of what they do. But whoever's running that account and made the choice to sort of make that, make that collaboration, kudos. Like, wow, that is a lot. That's a lot of video viewership. Wonderful. Well, well done to Fave Trip on Facebook. And then moving over to Twitter, Come and Go took the first place spot on Twitter. So tell me a bit about what Come and Go is doing especially well on Twitter. Yeah. So during the report period, Come and Go, they grew their Twitter following by almost 50%. Like we don't, we don't see accounts really grow that, that quickly uh, these days on, on Twitter. And along with that, they grew their engagement by almost 60%. So wow. just overall, like, like looking at the raw numbers, like an absolute, um, in a world where things are kind of flat and audience growth is relatively slow on some of these older channels, you know, tremendous job. The, the director of communications behind a lot of the success uh, of Come and Go social media is a guy named Ariel Rubin. Now, I don't know him personally, but he does deserve huge kudos for his, his work at Come and Go over the last few years. Um, I, I've gotten to actually hear him speak about his strategy a bit in terms of, of what they're doing over there at Come and Go. And the thing that I think everyone hones in really quickly is he talks about embracing the innuendo of the name and like acknowledging it and staying clever without, I think to quote him, he said like play, being clever without getting in the, getting in the mud. Um, he said, you can't not acknowledge things on the internet these days. And so you just have to embrace it. Um, but I know that his focus and you see this in the passion again in the replies has been trying to create a community with a K cause it's come and go. And the, again, that's really evident 
in 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 the amount of interaction, the kinds of sort of conversation that's happening with those with those posts again that are mostly comedy. Whether again it's beef beefing with other convenience stores, they have some you know quick trip back and forth uh, as well as others. Their food is certainly a thing, and also their merch. You know they have they they sell a lot of of come and go merchandise. So, but on Twitter specifically, so being clever, being in the moment. Clearly, uh, Ariel, who I who I think has actually moved on now. He's not. He a, has. It'll. He he left. Uh, I think a couple of months ago. So it'll be really interesting. I think to see how things continue to evolve for uh, come and go, as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, I think though something he talked about was was building that, and we we coach this. I'll coach this to any social media manager, uh, sort of social team, et cetera, which is having building trust with the leadership so that you can execute quickly so that you understand the guidelines, you understand the, the, the bounds of how far you can go, et cetera. I think when your strategy is like what Come and Ghost has been, which is to be pretty, pretty edgy, um, you know, the, that level of trust is important. But they're all about the quote tweet, try to get attention, try to create that conversation. Um, one of my favorites for the year was they even, they even managed to get Dion Warwick to write their Twitter bio, um, which I think was, uh, you know, <laughs> A pretty big, pretty good accomplishment um, to have that to have that back and forth. But the, I think the coolest thing about their brand, and this is about their brand and not necessarily about their their um, their execution, but is when they go viral, they always you know share their their SoundCloud, not actually their SoundCloud. It's always a bitly to a nonprofit organization that they support. Uh, this year, some of their big ones went off to the Transgender Law Center or Iowa Safe Schools, which is an LGBTQ organization for students uh, in Iowa. And I, I think that speaks a lot to the, to the ownership and leadership of the brand, as well as um, Ariel and his team sort of trying to bring that through in the way that makes sense for Twitter, right? You know your platforms, you go big, you share your SoundCloud, Etc. Like that was the thing. Now that's the joke. But you know, nice, nice work to them. And I like what you said about getting that understanding and that buy-in from above about exactly what you are able to do and what those boundary lines are. And then you know that can be replicated by other people in the event that uh, somebody steps out. Um, so well done, come and go on Twitter. For sure. So of course we don't have an award category for TikTok, but you did mention uh, earlier when we were chatting, uh, just us uh, about. TikTok that Come and Go, Wawa, and Quick Trip are three brands that are active on TikTok and generated millions of views in 2021. So can you talk a bit about what these brands are doing well on TikTok and how other brands can maybe emulate that a bit and get involved? Yeah, happy to. And, and in fact, I think there are a couple key things that really matter to any brand being successful. And I see Quick Trip and Come and Go both uh, doing these things really well. So first, they are using consistent characters, creators in in their content. So what does that mean? The folks running these accounts are actually pretty consistently in front of the camera. They are the stars of the content. So if you would think about a lot of branded content that we see traditionally on Instagram or Facebook, it's usually centering the the brand itself, like the actual images, the logos, the products you sell, et cetera. That is not how TikTok works. And so what we're finding is that whoever the, the social media manager, the creator is that has, in the case of you know, Quick Trip or Come and Go, it's the person, the young individual who is a very creative, funny person who is happy to be in front of the camera and um, 
And I think that that consistency of how your brand shows up, even though it's not necessarily imagery of your brand, is so important for building your audience. I think any situation like a TikTok where people are scrolling and you have so little time to catch the viewer's attention, your content has to be instantly recognizable as yours. And that does not come from having your logo in it. It comes from knowing that, oh, that's the woman that does the TikToks for come and go. And she's really funny. And I like that whatever it is you like about the content that she creates. And as long as her face continues to appear in the content or her and her teammates face or whatever, that's going to be the secret to like the viewer knowing that that's going to be a come and go TikTok and it's going to be funny, even if there's not any imagery about come and go because there usually isn't or, or quick trip or whatever. So I don't think most brands are usually like it's going to take a bit of time for people to understand that that's what it means to be successful on TikTok. And I think maybe if you're uh, steeped in some older traditions, that might be a little challenging to embrace and sell upward. But if you can do it, I think it could be successful. Second, the creators for these brands, they really understand TikTok. TikTok's its own platform. I mean, they, these, these folks really get it. They know which sounds are hot. They know which skits are trending. They, their content feels like 100% native to TikTok. There is no feeling of like, oh, they took an Instagram post and tried to make it for TikTok. It doesn't even exist. Like content on TikTok is its own thing, whether it's using the, uh, you know, the, the text to speech, the right overlays, the caption formatting, using the hot sounds, the trending sounds, all of these things you have to be a big consumer to be able to know how to map what's happening, if it's right for your brand. And if it is, how can you execute it on a way that your audience will find funny and see the pattern and it doesn't come off as cringy and it doesn't come off as like trying too hard. That is only going to happen if you, if you have somebody running this account that, that just gets it inside and out. So committing committing to being on TikTok is just that. I think it's a, it's a commitment. You have to find a creator or a team of creators that you're going to like support to be the face of your brand on TikTok because their face is going to be like, you need to be in the videos to make this happen. Um, and I think if you can do that and they're steeped in like what it means to create, run a successful account on TikTok, like you can do it. It might not be what you thought it was going to be, but I think it can be really, really successful. Great. Those are, that's really good advice for TikTok. Can you leave us with some advice for overall social media, looking at mainly these three big platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? So what advice do you have for other convenience store chains on how they can boost social media engagement? What are maybe the top three things they can consider doing? Yeah. So one, listen to your audience. Figure out what makes them tick. Learn what makes them tick. We talked about this a little bit before. I think that's true. It doesn't matter what your industry is. If you don't know who you're speaking to and what makes them laugh or what makes them buy or give or care, you've got to dig into it and understand how you can provide that value in, in, in the form of a little bit of levity. Two, I think you cannot be afraid to try out new approaches. That's not even to say new channels. Just if what you're doing isn't achieving the results that you want, get rid of it try something new or dial it down and try something new. That said, consistency is important. So I've studied a lot of brands who 
have a generally consistent brand feel and they want to do a one-off campaign or a one-off uh, test. And the thing that they create is so not like anything else that they do, it flops. And it didn't flop because it was bad. It's just, if you're used to, you know, you know what the, the quick trip uh, TikTok person looks like, and then you throw somebody completely different in there, people don't even realize that it was you and they go right past. And you're like, that didn't get the views, that didn't get the engagement. It wasn't that the content was bad, it was too different. And so as you're thinking about running tests, et cetera, how do you make it still feel really on brand so that you can actually understand if it was the content or the or not, or the new approach or not. But you got to test, 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 test. That's going to be a key to finding things that really work. And then finally, learn your platforms. Instagram isn't Twitter, isn't TikTok. Each one of them has their own uh, language, their own customs, their own best practices. You've got to invest in learning how these platforms work. The biggest brands with the most followers and that do all the channels, like they have different people, right? <laughs> that often are managing each one of these things. I realize that the budgets might not be there in some of your organizations to do that, fine. But you, if you're gonna be somewhere and you wanna be successful, you've really gotta invest in learning how to eke the most out of each one. And if you do, you'll definitely improve your outcomes. Wonderful. Well, Seth, thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything that you wanna add that I didn't ask? I mean, Aaron, I, I'm just wondering when we're going to take a road trip to like Iowa and Wisconsin and uh, do some firsthand research for like the report next year. <laughs> Any anytime. I'm always up for a road trip. <laughs> Great. That's a date for next year. Wonderful. Well, Seth, thanks again for being here. Always appreciate your insights and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Great. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. It was super fun and yeah, have a good weekend. <laughs>